0: Yo, this is Joey Baladana, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Bumblefoot,
1: and you're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast.
0: (laughs) Broadcasting around the world, around the world, around the world, from Jersey City, New Jersey. This is the Talking Metal Podcast. Here are your hosts, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. John Astronomy here, coming to you from Jersey City, New Jersey. Mark is actually away in Indiana, but a few weeks ago, Mark hooked up with Rob Thorne from Sacred Oath and did a great interview in the studio. Rob came down from Connecticut. Unfortunately, I couldn't be at the interview, and I'm really bummed because I am definitely a fan of Sacred Oath. Rob, I wanted to thank you for the Really, really cool Sacred Oath baseball jersey. Guys, let me tell you about this. It's a black jersey with white sleeves. Anybody who was hanging out in the late 80s remembers those type of baseball jerseys. And those are very, very cool. So thanks a lot, Rob. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on with Sacred Oath. We are proud to have teamed up with iTunes and Sacred Oath to bring this podcast to you. And iTunes has chosen Counting Zeros from Sacred Oath's new album as the Discovery Download Pick of the Week. April 7th, so you guys can download that track for free on iTunes. They will also be selling the standard edition of the new Sacred Oath album beginning on April 7th, a full five weeks before anyone else carries the album, and this is exclusive to iTunes worldwide. And not only that, guys, the album will be priced at a ridiculously low price of $5.99 for the entire album during that time period. And our good friends over at the MTV2 Headbangers blog will premiere the video for Sacred Oath's Counting Zeros. So without any further ado, let me turn the microphone over to Mark, who hooked up with Rob a few weeks back. Hey, hey,
2: hey, it's Mark Striegel from the Talking Metal podcast. And in the studio, we have Rob from Sacred Oath. Rob, how are you? Hey, Mark, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. You uh, you make the trip down from uh, I guess Connecticut. Yeah. Now man. where in Connecticut are you?
1: Uh, Bethel, close to Danbury. Uh, south. Okay, well, just about an hour from here.
2: My my grandmother lives in a small town called New Milford, which oh, is yeah. by Danbury. So I that's I like twenty minutes from us. It's like my home away from home. Is it real? Yeah, she's still she's still alive, still eighty six years old, oh, still that's up there. Awesome. I'm I'm up there quite often. <laughs>
1: a lot uh, of cow tipping up there. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs>
2: We used to go into the cornfields and uh, tip uh, the corn stalks over. And uh, clear yeah, it's big, not as much fun. Yeah, no, I would imagine not. <laughs> Anyways, Sacred Oath, let's talk about some metal here. The new album is about to drop in a few weeks, May 12th. What can the Sacred Oath fans expect from this record? Are we doing more of the same sound-wise? Are you guys going into new areas with with the style?
1: I think that this record is... Still pure sacred oath, although I, I would say it's probably, it's more, it's brand new, so it's got a little more of a current uh, theme to it, but it's definitely traditional heavy metal in the style of maiden, you know, priest, merciful fate, Sabbath, it's, it's not screaming, it's singing, it's melodic,
2: it's, it's very traditional. Very cool, and uh, we have a ton of listeners who are into the traditional metal, so I'm sure they're <sighs> going to be waiting to get their hands on this. Let's, let's go back. I, I know there's been a lot of Sacred Oath uh, activity over the past few years, but let's go all the way back to 1987. I was uh, just reading last night in my uh Martin Popoff book where he uh, examines uh just about every metal record that came out in the 1980s and he had some nice stuff to say about Crystal Vision. Oh, we're in going, there? Yeah, you are you <laughs> are in there. It's it's odd because <laughs> most of them he provides like a I think a 1 through 10 rating or something uh-huh. and there's no rating but he talks about you guys in uh-huh. there definitely. Well, so, will have to uh, check it out. Yeah, definitely. And cr- well,
1: that album has like, um, it's been a, it's been great for us because we, you know, first of all, we were teenagers when we put that out right. on Mercenary Records and we had a lot of difficulty with them, which is why we broke up. But it was, you know, it was 15 years later we got approached by labels that wanted to reissue the album because oh, there wow. was this cult following in Europe for the band that we had no idea about. And, uh, and we were, you know, excited at the idea of, talking again yeah (laughs) and playing again and uh and just it just instantly clicked and we took off from there i think we just needed to know that people actually gave crap and and wanted to hear what we were doing so
2: and do you think that part of this had to do that uh, with the internet coming about and people were kind of uh talking about classic metal over the internet and and I, i just know that that with certain bands the internet has helped uh revitalize if I don't know if that's even a word but you know peak interest in a lot of great albums that came out back in the day
1: I definitely think that the internet has been key for the things that have been going on for Sacred Oath in the last two or three years but I think that the the cult following that a crystal vision had going for it was going on from the time it was released I think that we went over there to play uh and November, well, not this past November, but you know last year, and uh, and there were there were just people coming out that had the original vinyl for us to sign. Wow. They had been following the band for twenty years. You couldn't believe that we you know we were over there because we had been broken up for so long, and and uh, and we could see that that this was something that had been going on for a long time. That it wasn't just all of a sudden someone discovered it on uh, you know eBay or Amazon right. and and took off with it which was cool because you know we it was it's nice to know that somebody uh, that not just one person but a bunch of people really appreciated something we had done so many years ago and we thought it was just written off and that was
2: 1987
1: correct yeah that was 87 was the first sacred oath album
2: and then the the next one was two thousand seven. 2007. 2007, right. <laughs> so really 20 years. Uh, yeah. The two th- what, what went on during that long break or hiatus? Uh, w- were you guys doing other bands? Yeah, we were know? all in other bands. Yeah. I was
1: playing in Soundscape all through the 90s, and uh, Kenny was playing in uh, Undertow, and, and guys were just in all different bands. Pete, right. Pete's still in Low 12. He's not in the band anymore. And uh, and we were all busy. We were all doing music, you right. know, pretty much full time. Uh, but it wasn't Sacred Oath. And nothing ever really was as exciting as Sacred Oath. You know, Sacred Oath just has, like, this resonance with a fan base where people just get excited about it, which is makes it so fun to be in, you know.
2: Yeah, cool. Well, we're going to talk about the the new self titled release that is coming out and, and the different versions, the iTunes version and the the C D version. But before we get to that, I wanna I wanna talk about where music is at. Now you guys obviously aren't a big major label band. How is it how has the the current uh climate of the music business affected you guys as a more underground band that's not connected with a big company i mean a lot of kids nowadays don't even buy music anymore they don't even have that concept they just go online they steal it yeah how does that affect a band like you guys who you know is not you're not out there selling millions of, of, of copies
1: well i think it, it it probably affects us at the end of the day in the same way it affects even a major label band right. it's just uh, major label bands aren't as emotionally directly connected to what's going on with illegal downloading i mean because the labels behind them the labels dealing with the flack the legal labels, the labels dealing with piracy and the bands are just sort of out there doing what they do best being you know, an underground band like us is more hands-on in promotion right in in just a lot of the work that goes on in in organizing promotion for the product you know recording the band uh, you know, the CD doing all that kind of thing. So we're like, it's in our face all the time. So I think we probably have a very realistic picture of what's going on right now okay. in, in the scene. I think, as you said, I mean, kids, I really think in like five years, CDs are going to be, uh, really on their, on their way Absolute, out big yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, i you know, I also teach guitar and, uh, and I've got, you know, 10, 12-year-old students coming in with their iPhones, and they don't own a single CD. Wow. And they they pay for music on yeah. iTunes. It's uh, just a foreign concept for them to own a CD. They don't see any need to do that. You get kids now who are doing these subscriptions on Rhapsody or yeah, these other... Um, you know, retailers where you pay $15 a month and you can listen to whatever you want. Right. It expires at the end of the month. You've got to keep your subscription going. You can't huh. listen to anything. But I really see that that's where we're going. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, right now, I don't mind that because um, with the way CD sales are going, it, it's you're always taking a risk when you're actually pressing the CDs.
2: Are you able to make money merchandising like uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so, you know we so you straggle around too. Yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. about gigs? Yeah, are you able to make a good? You, you see, you, you know, you go to Europe and play. Are you able to cash in a little bit doing that, or is it more of a break even thing?
1: It's more of a break even thing. I yeah. mean, the what was good for us on the European tour was that we came back with a live album. Yeah, and that was awesome for us because uh, we knew we weren't going to have a new studio album in two thousand eight. And uh, and we wanted we had such momentum going for the band that we wanted to keep things going. We wanted to get another title out there. And, you know, that was the, the thing about the live album is that it wasn't even planned. I mean, it was uh, at the end of the night. I said, hey, what's that? The guy had like a laptop on the mixing wow. board. And I was like, you know, can you send me that uh, back in the States someday? And he sent me the discs a few months later. And we were like, wow, you know, let's let's mix this thing and put it out. It's kind of cool.
2: So, the live album, Till Death Do Us Part, that was, it was not planned, it was recorded, but it kind of it took off for you guys, right? Yeah, Let's it Let's really talk about did. how iTunes actually got behind that, and uh, you guys ended up being, what, one of the best live...
1: Yeah, it was It was in the top heavy. eight live metal albums in 2008, and, wow. uh, and I don't think that was a year thing, I think, because they had albums in there like Unleashed in the East and Live yeah. After Death, and... Uh, decade of aggression and stuff like that so it just uh i you know i don't know how we ended up on that it was totally an honor because it was all my favorite bands and and uh and people noticed that and people picked up on that and it sort of catapulted us up into getting some more help you know behind this new album that we just finished it 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 was cool to see the reviews come in and and people sort of see it for what it was an honest real recording of a you know traditional metal band just getting out there in front of a bunch of crazy germans and, and giving them the u.s uh
2: cool well let's get into <laughs> some music off the live record right now and this is all on itunes you guys can download it we'll have links up how about a classic track off the live album a crystal vision is that cool sure let's check it out That was a crystal vision by Sacred Oath. We are in the studio with Rob from Sacred Oath. Rob, thank you for coming down. We are excited about the new record. It is coming out on May twelfth. Let's talk about the different versions of the record. Now, there's going to be, a, I guess, a deluxe version which the diehard fans can buy yeah. in, in like a physical CD, and what that has more tunes than yeah, that's it's got four bonus tracks,
1: yeah. Yeah, the the deluxe and the standard jewel case both come out at the same time. They'll both be available in all the same places, but the deluxe has four bonus tracks. It um, it's in under these covered tracks, or are they no originals? no they're they're oh, brand okay. new songs. Oh, cool. I mean, they were all recorded in the same sessions that we did the whole new album. Cool. And, uh but we just you know we just didn't put four of them on the standard jewel case edition. So it's got all the tracks that we recorded and uh and the packaging is elaborate there's a 16 page booklet with tons of cool photographs all the lyrics all that stuff Excellent. whereas the jewel case is just a two page folded uh you know cover in a jewel case 10 songs still still great you know i we think the stronger cd um but we just wanted to you know make both price formats really available because we are an underground band yeah and uh and people aren't spending money on cds like they used to so if someone's going to be taking a chance on sacred oath they may they may rather do that with a 10 song cd at a a lower
2: price cool let's talk about who currently is in the band
1: well you got me right (laughs) and uh another original member from back in 87 kenny evans on drums and i mean we've been best friends since we were 14 years old so it's it's great to play with him in the band we just you know when we're playing together it's just all intuition it's just when we write music when we play we just feel in each other um, Billy Smith uh, co-guitar player with me who is actually one of my students Oh, cool. And uh, which works out great because he plays exactly like I taught him to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Very a great good. player and a great guy, and also from around the same area that we all live. And Scott Waite, who on bass, who played with me in Soundscape all in the 90s, Excellent. and is just a fantastic bass player and really brings a lot of uh, cool bass vibe to the band.
2: Excellent. And- for counting zeros. Yeah. Where and when was this shot?
1: We shot that just a couple weeks ago in and around Danbury area. Okay. And uh, boy, we had a few locations where we did that. The song, the lyrical content is really about the war, the economy, all the things that are going on right now in this country. And we really wanted to do something different than our last video. We wanted this to really sort of tell a little bit of a story not just be so much the band jumping around on stage kind of thing. So we went to a military museum that they have in our area, which was it's just awesome. They got all these tanks parked out in front and they cool. were so cool. They like they fired the tanks up and they were like rotating the turrets and, and the Excellent. whole deal worked out awesome. And, uh, and then we shot the rest of it in a warehouse and, uh, we had some students of mine that are younger guys playing guitar. Um, acting as the characters in the video oh, Young, younger kids sort of dealing with you know war playing war and the realities of it and it worked out good it was a rough day because it was like 14 degree wind chill yeah. and we were out there for oh, about wow. you know 14 hours and by the end of the day we were just you know comatose and is it but, done yet
2: or is it edited it's or?
1: pretty much done okay. it's being edited right now and uh and where can people see it well it's going to be featured on the Headbangers blog homepage, oh, cool. the whole week of the iTunes exclusive, which is April 6th. So, April 6th, the video will be featured at he- Headbangers blog. The discovery download of the week will be the feature on iTunes uh, through their homepage. And the album itself, the 10 song version, will be featured. At a discounted price of five ninety nine, so okay. you can like you that, can that, just
2: that's this exclusive iTunes. That's thing. the iTunes okay.
1: exclusive that's coming up for the album uh, on April seventh. They're gonna they're gonna feature the band on the homepage. They're gonna do the discovery download of the week, and they're gonna uh, discount the album for a month long period cool. before the street date. Then, when the street date hits for the actual CD, they're going to also release. The deluxe edition oh okay, so you'll also you could get the deluxe edition and it 'll have uh, other extras that they want to include as well, so the okay. iTunes has really gotten behind the record we're really grateful for that we're we're very excited about it and we're hoping that you know it can really do something for for the band on this
2: record well, I hope it does I hope it does let's talk about um, touring uh, any dates lined up at this point
1: there's nothing lined up just yet i really think that our management is waiting to see what kind of noise happens with itunes because okay. we've had some offers and i think we're just waiting to see what kind of noise we make with itunes because if we make enough noise i think we might get some some better opportunities okay so we're cool. waiting to see what happens cool
2: cool we should uh, do a gig together we have a, a- band now it's called screaming
1: metal yeah well, i want to play with you guys metal, at dingbats yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i had, love dingbats
2: played at ding we had 250 <laughs> people at dingbats i don't know how that happened, that's a full house yeah, yeah that's awesome uh i actually do know how it happened it was that we had people like rob dukes from exodus singing with us so and uh and dan lorenzo Hades was playing with us metal Mike. so it was fun it would be fun to do a, a gig at dig mats again maybe bring you guys down maybe oh we'd love to do, do it. something up in connecticut at some point <laughs>
1: too yeah we got a couple great clubs that are just hanging on by the skin of their teeth what what there. is
2: the rock scene like in danbury is there one or
1: uh you know there are a couple clubs uh one of which uh billy baloney's on ive street that hangs in there but it, but it's you know it's like everywhere else really yeah. i mean it's 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 an rock clubs are the underground scene. Yeah. So uh but there but it does exist. It does. You oh, know. Cool. And and I don't complain about it being an underground scene because I've been used to that my whole life sure. and, and I appreciate that and and I appreciate the people that are involved because they're doing it for the love of it.
2: Right. You know? Absolutely. Cool. And uh before we let you go tell me about some of your favorite bands growing up. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Give me I, like 3 of them and let's talk about them.
1: Well, I'll tell you. That was my inspiration for this record because um, we, we got into this record very quickly after the, the tour, and I went on a vinyl collecting frenzy. Wow. Because I was just so inspired um, dropping the needle on the vinyl, looking at the album covers of, of albums that inspired me to get started in this whole business in the first place. And, you know, of course, I mean, the first things I was scooping up were Black Sabbath, Paranoid, mm-hmm um in you know, volume four and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath just anything that Sabbath did. Uh I was a huge Sabbath fan when I was younger and still am. Uh and then Judas Priest. Of course, yeah. Um just I can remember, you know, I when I was the first band I was introduced to was Sabbath and just launched into it headlong and then Screaming for Vengeance came out and I heard Rob Halford singing, you know, Screaming for Vengeance and just was like, yeah. whoa, like you know i know i want to do this and i want to do this like that yeah, because sure. this is just crazy and then and of course iron maiden uh was a huge influence and dio when he went solo and and i was always a huge ozzy fan but then uh when the new bands started coming out uh in the mid 80s like you know merciful fate right and uh, metallica early 80s really <clears throat> that was the new generation that we just latched onto. I mean, Merciful Fate blew my mind. They were so creative. They were, you know, they were taking that 70s metal thing that Priest had going mm-hmm. uh, in late 70s with, like, Stained Glass, and they were just putting that really dark twist yeah. on it. And, um, and Don't Break the Oath finally came around. I mean, just the, the dark sound of that record, I think, really, that's where Sacred Oath sort of launched out of that you know, we we nurtured we nurtured ourselves on, you know, Sabbath, Priest, Deep Purple, Rainbow, Maiden and then Merciful Fate and Metallica. Sure. Uh, I remember hearing Ride the Lightning for the first time and like being scared of fight fire with fire. I was yeah. like twelve, you know, right, and I was like, right. oh my God, it's the heaviest thing I've ever heard yeah, and I'm no, afraid I, I had the of same it. Yeah, yeah, it was like I never heard anything so frightening. Right. And uh That was what launched us into, we want to do this, you know. Sure. And and hopefully Sacred Oath has been able to carve out our, at least, you know, our own kind of take on the traditional metal sound. Excellent. So.
2: Cool. Yeah. Some good bands, good memories, Uh, definitely, definitely. And uh, I still have the vinyl. I have a a record player in, in my living room, which my wife. Hates because we have all this nice furniture and <laughs> this, this ugly and record player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but um, something about it. I, you know, I was Rob Dukes from Exodus was saying that records don't sound better than than you know CDs, and maybe he's right. But they, but they do sound different, and they they do have a very warm feel to them, and uh, I, there's something about them. I, I love listening to uh, them sometimes over CDs, especially when it comes to bands like ACDC and Iron Maiden and uh, Judas Priest. There's there's something in that vinyl that I don't get from the CDs. Yeah. I, and maybe I, it's a memory. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think a lot
1: of it yeah. is nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, my record player that I have and the way I have it set up def- certainly doesn't sound better than my CD setup. But. I sure enjoy listening to music on it more. And a lot and it certainly inspired me for this this new record. I mean, I just there's something about, you know, going back, you know, just staring at that, you know, LP cover and and just getting in a zone where you're just focused on the music. That's one of the things about music now in the current format with iPods or with with CDs is that you're really able to do to have music on in the background all the time. Yeah, it's true. And so you're always doing something else. I mean, even if you got your headphones in, yeah. which, and it's c- completely encapsulating your head, you're still doing something else. You're playing a video game. You know, you're you're sweeping the floor. You're riding the lawnmower, whatever it is. But when you had when you listen to something on vinyl, you sat down on the floor. You held the jacket in front yeah. of your face, and you just listened to every note that was coming out of those speakers and tried to put it together with what you were looking at on yeah. that cover. And some
2: of those, I mean, especially when you talk about Maiden, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, all the records really, but I remember when Somewhere in Time came out. Oh, yeah. I, I put that on, and I would spend days just, there was it was such a complex uh, drawing, and there was so much to discover, and... Uh, fun fun time stuff. Yeah. Like yeah oh
1: yeah that cover i mean yeah. yeah you were always looking for who was on a maiden cover who was doing it behind the curtain and yeah, what yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly exactly
2: um, power slave on some of the original pressings there were uh there's there was little vandalism on uh the pyramid and you could see it said indiana jones was here oh in yeah indiana. i remember that actually yeah. i
1: have that pressing
2: yeah that's cool. awesome. Well, Rob, thanks for joining us. We want to end with some new music, and we encourage all the talking metal listeners to go legally buy "Sacred Oath" on May twelfth when it comes out. And uh, let's how about give, uh, "Counting give, Zeros"? Is that cool? Or you yeah, give them that. Give them "Bloodstorm." Bloodstorm. That's the
1: okay. metal track on this record. Okay,
2: okay. Bloodstorm. Yeah, and
1: because uh, they can go get "Counting Zeros" for free. All right, it's okay. a discovery download of the week. Oh, that's right. a free download. Go.
2: So let's check this out. (laughs) Bloodstorm by Sacred Oath. Rob, thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure, Mark. Thanks.